0: Our Heavenly Father, thank you very much for the morning. Thank you for your word today. Lord, as we are about to study your word, pray upon our minds, give us quick understanding. May this word bring blessings even unto the hearers. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: Our High Calling, June 6 soldiers on life's battlefield fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 when souls are converted Their salvation is not yet accomplished. They then have the race to run. The arduous struggle is before them to fight the good fight of faith. The battle is lifelong and must be carried forward with determined energy proportionate to the value of the object you are in pursuit of, which is eternal life. Satan is ever seeking to destroy. He is casting his hellish shadow between our souls and the light of the Son of Righteousness. When you talk doubts and distrust your heavenly Father's love, Satan comes in and deepens the impression and that which is shadowed is made the blackness of despair. Now, Your only hope is to cease talking darkness. In dwelling on the dark side, you cast away your confidence in God. And this is just what Satan wants you to do. He wants to sift you as wheat. But Jesus is making intercession for you. His love is broad and deep. Perhaps you will say, how do you know he loves me? I look where you may look, to the cross of Calvary. That blood shed upon the cross cleanseth from all sin. We are daily working out our destiny. We have a crown of eternal life to win, a hell to shun. We certainly cannot save ourselves and we know that christ wants us to be saved he gave his own life that he might pay the ransom for our souls when he has made this infinite sacrifice he does not regard us with indifference we want to cling to the way the truth and the life we have a living savior a living intercessor One who will help us in every time of need. When tempted to go into the dark cave of doubt and despair, sing, Arise my soul, arise, shake off thy guilty fears. The bleeding sacrifice in thy behalf appears. Before the throne my surety stands. My name is written. In his hands. Amen. The title of our devotion is Soldiers on Life's Battlefield. Previously, we have seen how our our hearts can be cleansed and of course this leads to conversion. When we know how to give our hearts to God for him to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, he gives us a new spirit, gives us a new heart. He even promises in Ezekiel uh, 36 reading from verse 22 downward to verse 28. He promises that he will take away our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Give us of his spirit and the wonderful one cause us to walk in his statutes. We are converted through this experience. We have the new heart. The hard heart is taken away and our heart is made tender. Now, we have a battle to fight because just because we have the new heart doesn't mean that salvation has been given to us. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 6 verse 12 we have a fight fight. there. Fight the good fight of faith. And even in 2 Timothy 4 reading from verse 7 Paul himself said I have fought the fight as in I have finished my race. So the christian life is a battle and a march in this warfare there is no release we must fight continuously till the end why because we have a hell to shun a heaven to win a devil to fight whether or not we get the victory today satan doesn't respect that to him to to him we are all little things dusts he has gotten so many victories against man that we cannot scare him. The only person that scares him is Jesus. But then he knows that if we do not cooperate with Jesus, he has the advantage. So he comes to fight us with confidence confidence, having the assurance that his previous victories can be repeated again in our lives. And make no mistake, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation, chapter 20 reading down to verse 6 and 7 that when the resurrection of the wicked takes place that there are as many as the sand in the seashore in multitude so make no mistake the devil is getting a lot of people the people on his side that is the ones he stops from making into the kingdom of god are as many as the sand of the seashore in multitude the fact is jesus himself said strive to enter in at the narrow gates because many will try but will not be able and he also said narrow is the way that leads to life and only few will find it few and then fewer enter so make no mistake the devil is getting many victories which gives him confidence so your conversion does not scare him by any means the only scare he has is one of a person who is diligent he doesn't underrate you, neither does he underrate God. And because he knows that he cannot underrate Jesus or underrate you, it makes him work hard. He ups his game and then he brings to us the fight. And what is the nature of the devil's fight? Like one we see here, casting his hellish shadow upon our pathway. And what is this hellish shadow? The number one hellish shadow is when he causes us to sin. Guilt. That is the deep one he brings to us. Guilt. And be true guilt, he leads us to despair, despondency, hopelessness. He leads us to doubt that God loves us. He causes us to sin and then starts to paint the picture in our mind because when we see ourselves struggling with sin and not being able to come out, even though we have had an experience of conversion before, it makes it look like God has left us and he sends those messages and suggestions to the mind telling you, you see, God has left you. He doesn't love you. And that's the reason why you're asking him for power to overcome and you're not getting it. See how long you've been trying. It's been 20 years now, 30 years. For some, just a few days, regardless of how long. It could be two minutes. But the devil will make it look as if, oh, too much time has gone and you've not gotten the victory. God doesn't love you. He's, he has abandoned you. Or it could be also in things like the things of life poverty you don't have a child you've not gotten married but those ones are things that you are bringing upon yourself but the devil is the one who suggested to you to make you feel bad but you should understand that those things are not things to make you think that god has left you those are things that happen in life some will marry some will not marry some will have children some will not have children some are sick Jesus said the poor will always remain among us. He was poor. Jesus did not marry. He didn't have children. So, when you make those things a problem for yourself, he didn't get a visa to any country. When you make those things a problem for yourself, you are just manufacturing burdens for yourself. Our Lord Jesus was a man who lived in poverty. He had no home. He didn't get a visa to anywhere in Rome, at least which was the center of excellence in their time. You didn't see him worrying about such things. He wasn't worried about garments and he told us to not worry about those things that's what he told us he asked us not to worry about those things because it's after those things that the gentiles seek so when we are worried about visa and worried about about material things and all you, you are not understanding those burdens are manufactured you need to drop them the real burden The true burden that man can have is sin. The guilt that comes through sin. And this one doesn't make God hate you. He still loves you. And how do we know that? The cross tells us that. But the devil wants to make us think that that is different. That God doesn't love us. I'll tell you a story. Just recently, a friend of mine had this experience. Exact experience we just read. Tempted the devil to tempt him. And he admitted that he actually tempted the devil to tempt him. Going to watch Pornography. And after watching pornography, he found himself glued to masturbation without pornography. Now, for months trying to stop, but could not stop. Almost every day, every time the temptation comes, he will pray, but nothing will work, and he will go into his sin and practice it continuously. He came to a point of despair, became suicidal. Wondering what he could do with himself and started to cherish doubts that God had abandoned him and left him because he committed sin willfully and he felt Jesus doesn't love him anymore. That if he did, he would have given him power to overcome because he was fasting and praying but nothing was working out. But what we need to understand is that the cross sends a different message. How can one die on the cross for you to save you from your sin? And then cast you aside that way. We are told in the book of Romans 8 verse 32. He that sent that spared not his own son. How shall he not also with him also freely give us all things? We are told in the book of 1 John 2 verse 1. If we sin. We are told first of all that we shouldn't sin. But if we sin. We are told we have an advocate with the father. But the devil blocks us from seeing this true sin. Sin is a shadow that he casts on our pathway and because it takes time to overcome he makes us to doubt and instead of us waiting on the lord to get the victory no matter how long it takes wait on the lord whether it is you are counting your time in years or in hours or in days or seconds wait on the lord that is what it means to fight the fight of faith do not give up keep trying believe the truth of god's word stop believing your own ideas and opinions there's not one bible passage there that would make you conclude that because you sinned against god he hates you and has abandoned you we have numerous ex- numerous examples of people in the word of god who have even committed more sin than we will ever commit here but yet god loved them and who saved them rehab was a harlot. solomon married so many wives and you can know what kind of sins were emanate from that even to the point he became effeminate. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians 6, Reading from verse 9, the kind of sins, he says there, Do you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? And he lists so many sins, the fornicators, the idolaters, abusers of themselves with mankind, effeminate, uh, murderers. And then where he says that these will not inherit the kingdom of God, He he ends by saying, And such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are cleansed in the blood of Jesus right there we see all kinds of sins that people were committing but these people were saved and then we have the story of manasseh if you read the book of one two chronicles rather i think it should be chapter 33 or thereabout, talks about the story of king manasseh who the bible describes his sin as being worse than the canaanites who lived in the land of israel before the Israelites, that Manasseh sinned so greatly in the eyes of God, shed blood from one end of Jerusalem to another, sacrifices children to idols and all of that. All of these things shows us that even Manasseh was saved. And it shows us that When we are doubting God's love because of our sins, we have no reason to do that. The Bible has given us enough reason to not doubt God's love even when we sin against him and we have guilt on us. And that's why we are advised. When you are talking this darkness and doubt, you are making the thing worse because the devil will impress it harder on us. Instead, we should talk faith. Sing faith. When tempted to go into the dark cave of doubt and despair, sing. Arise, my soul, arise. Shake off thy guilty fears. A bleeding sacrifice in thy behalf appears before the throne. My surety stands. My name is written in his hands. Indeed, our name is written in the palm of his hand. So don't doubt. Rise up from the darkness of that Shadow, you are in, and look to Jesus, and light shall come upon you. May that be our experience in Jesus' name, Amen.
2: So, God wants to make it clear to us that He doesn't hate us, that He loves us not because we are good, but in spite of our evil ways. It takes faith really to believe this, not our feelings, because our feelings is, will be clouding our senses. Paul will say, We walk by faith, not by sight. What that means is that we walk based on the promises of God's word, not by what we feel or what we see. And that's the point God wants us to come up to. Now, Jesus did not die for us because we are good. And he didn't pay the price because we are good. Paying the price means whatever you are, whatever I am, whatever baggage or issues i have he has it all covered i belong to him he didn't buy me because i was worthy he bought me in spite of my unworthiness, and he is adding value to me or to you based on the price he has paid which is his blood when something costs you so much money you value it but if something costs you your life it's beyond measure so We cannot and should not stop Christ from receiving us. We should not run away from Him, which is something that is amazing about His love. It's not based on merit. It's unconditional. Staying away from Christ would make matters worse. Just to um, add more light to this fact, the book of Romans 5 gives us an insight. Romans 5, verse 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Verse 6 For when we were yet without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly ungodly you can remove the word ungodly and put your name there. Christ died for God's sin or for Uche. whatever your name is, Christ died for you. Verse 7, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Verse 8, But God commendeth his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. If, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So you see that the Bible is saying before we were even thinking about God, God's love was commended towards us. God's love was evidenced even when we did not have any virtue in us. So nothing should keep us back or turn us aside from receiving. Satan receiving this uh, affirmation of love. It's not our righteousness that makes us loved. You heard it in the text. His love was commended to us while we were yet sinners. His love was demonstrated to us. And that's what it means. The demonstration came regardless of who you are, or who you are going to be. That's why we can't even boast of anything. Even if you consider yourself righteous now, it's not that that really commends you to God. It's, 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 the, it's Calvary. It's Calvary. So, we should not turn down on this offer. We should not turn down on God, we should not allow Satan to whisper his word. So when you're singing the song as the devotion is suggesting to us, sing songs when these doubts come on you. Sing it with an intelligence. Sing it with faith that knows, Yes, my worth is not in what I own, in my fame, in my beauty, in my shame. Those are not that's not where my worth is. My worth is at the cross. The blood of the most infinite, the infinite one the blood of the majesty of heaven was shed for poor mortals, dust like us. When I think about how Christ think of how big space is and we know that God is bigger than space the whole universe how God could bring himself down and then become a man David speaking about this will say when I consider the heavens the works of their hands the stars and the moon he says what is man that you're mindful of him he's looking at how vast the universe is and how is it that God can still locate us who man it is like a dust a, a speck of uh, sand just a pinch of sand in the whole ocean ocean bed and God is locating you locating me it's amazing so we need to stay with God, and that's what I want to express. Is like Naaman was asked to enter the river seven times; he almost gave up. But you know that there is no other way. You know when Naaman said in in Second Kings chapter five. Verse eleven, the Bible says that Nehemiah was wrought and went away and, and said, "Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper." Nehemiah wanted a quick recovery from the leper from leprosy, and that can be likened to sin. We want it quick sometimes. And verse twelve says, "He complains, saying, Are not Abana and Papha rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel?" May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. But God was testing his patience. You see, the solution we are looking for from God cannot be found any other way. I just want to add that line cannot be found any other way. And we can't go any other place and find it. Our life will not be better off if we left Christ. Cannot be. We have to be patient and learn the lessons. What could have been responsible in the case of Naaman pride was there and God didn't want him to just go quickly God wanted to remove that pride in him yes some of the things that may be stopping us from receiving the healing we need from Christ may just be within us and God wants to dr- uh, drill us or teach us to learn another virtue while accomplishing the healing still and two of them together is the salvation patience Is a work of the spirit, is the gift of the spirit, is the fruit, sorry, is the fruit of the spirit. It is. And God may very well be working out this virtue in us. So in verse 14, verse 13, the Bible says, and his servants, that's second Kings 5, verse 13, and his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? how much rather than when he said to thee wash and be clean then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child and he was clean amen so be patient and wait on the Lord Micah 7 would say therefore I will look unto the Lord I will wait for the Lord, the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, which is Satan. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord, because I have sinned against him, until he plead with my cause, until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me he will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Then she that is mine enemy shall see it and shame shall cover her which said unto me, Where is the Lord thy God? Mine eyes shall behold her. Now shall she be trodden down as the mire of the streets. So Satan who has accused her, has put down or has made you feel rejected and what nothing. Very well. He will still see you rejoice prove it to him by being faithful or being patient prove it to him don't allow him to win the case your determination matters in this matter in this uh, fight let him know that truly you're hoping like the micah here said i will wait for my salvation wait for god wait for him may this be your experience
0: amen, amen. Soldiers in the battlefield. Hmm. Soldier, you know, soldiers are especially trained, and when they come out in their uniform, they look—they really look the part, a symbol of strength and courage, with firm, elastic steps. But all this training that soldiers receive in preparation for battles does not prepare them. For this lifelong conflict. Soldiers go into retirement, you know, but the soldiers of Christ, soldiers of truth, they are in a lifelong and a fierce battle. Normal soldiers, they will see their enemies. You see? They, the Israelites, when they, they had men on the walls of Zion they are stationed on the walls, and when they see the Philistines coming down through the backside or arranging for battle, they are to sound the alarm so that the ones in the city could prepare for war. But the kind of battle that we are engaged in today, you will not see a physical Philistine coming down. We have an unseen angels, these are demons, falling demons, falling angels. They will rise in our minds. So the battleground is in our head. Alexander the Great he fought valiantly and conquered almost anybody or anything that stood on his way, but he lost the battle of faith. So stop fighting. The devotion is calling us to stop fighting people. That is a bad fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. See eternal life will slip away from us because of the slackness of our hand. Lay hold on it with a firm grip. Slack not thy hand with the grip of Jacob. With the claps of Ruth cling upon Jesus. And even though he says, let me go for the daybreak." it. Let the language of your soul be that I will not let you go. Entreat me not to leave thee. Let us go together. I have nothing to fall back on in the world and its passing glory. Have a singleness of purpose. Doubt nothing. Move into truth faithfully. You see, Satan wants us to be doubtful of our commandments given to us by our commander. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, he spoke through the serpent. And the serpent said, And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Those are the words of the serpent, bringing doubt. He whi- he whispered doubt into the mind, and she doubted an express commandment. Today, he is telling the world that the Ten Commandment is no longer binding. And just as the as both trees were standing side by side in the middle of the garden, he is telling the world today that the Sabbath. Which is in the middle of the decalogue is no longer the seventh day but now the first day creating doubt in the minds of millions of people the only one who promised Adam life in disobedience was the great deceiver and the declaration of the serpent to Eve in Eden you shall not surely die was the first sermon ever preached upon the immortality of the soul yet this declaration Resting solely upon the authority of Satan, is echoed from the pulpit of Christendom, and is received by the majority of mankind as readily as it was received by our first parents. But we know that the Scripture says that the soul that sinneth it shall die. God never asks us to believe without giving sufficient evidence upon which to base our faith. I'll read from a beautiful book. A beautiful book, Steps to Christ. Page 105. His existence, his character, the truthfulness of his word are all established by testimony that appeals to our reason. And this testimony is abundant, yet God has never removed the possibility of doubt. Our faith must rest upon evidence, not demonstration. Those who wish to doubt will have opportunity, while those who really desire to know the truth will find plenty of evidence on which to rest their faith. The apostles, Peter says that are are in scripture things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest unto their own destruction. Second Peter 3 verse 16 The difficulties of scriptures have been urged by skeptics as an argument against the Bible, but so far from this they constitute a strong evidence of its divine inspiration. The Bible unfolds truth with a simplicity and a perfect adaptation to the needs and longings of the human heart that that has astonished and charmed the most highly cultivated minds while it enables the humblest and uncultured to descend the way of salvation. So friends, we see that for those who want hooks, To hang their doubt on satan will provide you with many but there's sufficient evidence for us to believe the word of god the battle is a lifelong and must the battle is lifelong and must be carried forward with determined energy proportionate to the value of the object you are in pursuit of which is eternal life may we not be distracted from these purposes, we must lay off every width of sin that easily beset us. That is the issue, brothers and sisters. It is sin that will bar us from entering into the realm of bliss. Satan is standing, creating all kinds of scenarios, distracting us instead of asking, what must I do? to be saved whenever this question is raised satan is on ground he does not care whether we argue about who was who gave birth to these and the bible is these or what pastor he does not care but whenever the soul's language is what must i do to be saved he is on ground to match his power with the power of the holy spirit he makes sure he's trying to make sure that there will be no revival, personal revival in the soul. He wants us to be struck and stuck in darkness. But Jesus said that he came that we may have life and have life abundantly. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord had anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion and to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness the plantings of the Lord that he might be glorified. So friends. The glorification of God is at stake. He wants to be glorified. Even in us. He wants man to glorify him. Because of his deliverance. The deliverance he had wroth in us. Bringing us out of sin. Out of this prison. It's a great work. And so may we learn to cooperate with him. Cut off all those avenues through which Satan is trying to bring us back to our former state, that we may continue to go forward and to climb the Jacob's ladder until we reach the topmost round. May this be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for it has been made so plain that we need not doubt what the scripture is saying. Thank you for you calling us to cut off from the things that easily besets us. That Satan is ever seeking to destroy. He is casting his hellish shadow between our souls and the light of the sun of Righteousness. Oh Lord, help us not to talk doubt. Help us not to distrust our Heavenly Father. Help us that we may keep before us in view the prize of eternal life that we may walk with all our power as you empower us to obtain this victory. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen.